Here we yes, go again. And we're back. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, and Brandino. <laughs> Boys, and today we have a very, very special guest joining us. He is matchmaker and promoter of Coliseum Combat, owner, now new owner of Slater Sports Cards and Memorabilia. We'll get to that in a minute. And kids, don't forget, 2-0 professional MMA fighter, heavyweight. <laughs> mm-hmm. Don't forget, he is the one and only Mark Slater. John missed the cue on the... <laughs> John usually doesn't run the soundboard. That's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I did make the beat, though. So <laughs> yeah, you, you did make that. the beat. What's going on, that. man? So we. it's funny, we were talking, and obviously, like we've been friends with Duran for... Like we were running from dogs in the neighborhood on mm-hmm. bicycles when Duran's bike didn't have a bike seat. <laughs> so we, Fun before times. we even knew you, we knew you as uncle Mark, because that's all Duran ever said. Uncle, my uncle Mark, my uncle Mark. So we just like, Oh, you're at your uncle Mark, you know? So, mm-hmm. and then Damien starts fighting for you, obviously. And we're like, yeah, man, uncle Mark, that's uncle Mark. And then he starts calling you that. So you're uncle Mark for us, man. And and then it just took off from there and mm-hmm. people, you know, I, I yeah. think they thought it was just a nickname. I don't think they knew where it came from. <laughs> yeah. you know? and I'm like, Shout oh, out to our boy, Duran. Yeah. That's, that's where it came well, from. And then you guys, Damien, you know, because it yeah. would happen even before I was a fight promoter. I'd see kids and they'd know yep. me from the neighborhood and be like, hey, that's Uncle Mark. Yep. You know? and that, that's what it so was. It just kind of, you know, always just stuck. Yeah, I think that's kind of like everybody we hung around with it back in that day is like that's that's who you were to everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do they do with us or people who might think you're still associated that, with the mob? That's what I was thinking too. And then like you know, I'd be with a girlfriend, we'd be walking, and then it'd be just these random like nineteen year old <laughs> yeah. kids calling me Uncle Mark. And yeah. She'd be looking like yeah. There, you, there was a Mexican, a white you? kid. I'm like, yeah, what? Like, what are you? Who are you? <laughs> from the neighborhood yeah. yeah that's awesome well what's up man uh let's talk about where we're at because we're doing this live from your new shop so yeah. tell us about what we're doing here or what you got going on well um i opened the car shop it's been a couple of months now and it's it's a lot of space so we also hold a shot a show here once a month so bringing in uh, you were here last yep. month we're bringing in guys to sign autographs and vendors for the kids to come and buy cards and just trying to bring something to town that was kind of nostalgic for when I was a kid. Yeah. Are you got, and you're planning on doing it every month, right? Because your February show for card show is already booked, right? Like yeah. You got it ready to go. We're going to shoot for the second Saturday every month until nice. I run out of cool friends to yeah. bring in the <laughs> stuff. But I love until it. that happens, we're just going to keep going every month. Yeah, I think we, we've talked about, I think, maybe next month trying to grab a table and uh, just set up out here. Um you know, maybe promote the car uh, podcast, sell some cards because we've got some stuff too. You know, right. Right. I mean, it's it's catching on big again. Know. You know, everything's kind of got a wave, and yeah. Um, you know, I was into it big when I was a kid, and you know, when you get in your older teens yeah. and early twenties, you know, I forgot about cards, and then yep. once I was working at Chrysler, me and a buddy every so often would go to a card show and autograph show and buy some stuff, and so it's always kind of been on the back burner, and then. I started doing uh, shows down in Beach Grove about four years ago, and yeah, I, it kind of became an obsession, and I had too much junk to hide, so it was yeah. like, man, I better do something with this. My girlfriend's getting mad at me, so this is, uh, yeah, kind of a little lifelong dream come true. Oh, man, and what a good time, too, to be, you know, in the MMA game, and UFC cards are about to, like, explode right now. Right. Like, they're going hot right yeah. now. 
I'm sending cards to all my, you know, anybody I've even had a yeah. little connection with. <laughs> hey, yeah. You know, sign these. Yeah. Back. Didn't you say we were just talking about Pedro yeah. Munoz? Didn't you send him some or yeah, you said you were was, going to? I'll play you this voicemail. It's the best thing ever because he was getting ready to fight uh, uh, Jose Aldo. Yeah. It's like the week before the fight, and I get this message on Facebook, like voice message on uh-huh. the messenger. And it's like his accent. He's like, Mark, I haven't forgot about your cards. <laughs> I'm just like, he's getting ready to fight Jose Aldo. He thinks I'm worried about <laughs> worried these about cards your- <laughs> that he's, you know, going to mail me back in the mail. But it's like, uh, I'm going to keep that forever. Like, oh, I played yeah. it at Beach Grove to Patrick, the guy that puts that show on. He's like a huge UFC nice. fan. Nice. I was playing. I was like, dude, check this out. It like he got one of those cards that you know that yeah. I got sent mm-hmm. back, but yeah, it's like the coolest thing in the world. But like <laughs> he's that cool of a dude that he's mm. taking thirty seconds out of his yeah. life oh, to yeah. like, hey, I haven't forgot about those cards. It was his biggest life mm-hmm. fight of his life, no oh, big yeah. deal. And then he's like, yo, to all the guys, yo, know, I, I missed him. And yeah, I was like, this is dude's incredible. That's dude. awesome. Well, then you take it like full spin when you now you got fighters who fought for you that are getting into that thing, and they'll probably right. end up getting cards as they keep on progressing like that's got to be super cool no it is and we were talking uh nate manis will be here uh i mean that dude fought for me and he was like three years a pro at the armory yeah we were there we were there yeah you know now he's you know 14 and 1 3 and 0 in the ufc killing it just you know got a performance bonus or two under his belt just you need those rookie cards yeah Yeah. (laughs) yeah, it's one of those guys you love seeing it so It'll be awesome having him come in here, sign, and and know that like, oh yeah, you know these guys they start somewhere, and right. sometimes it's right down the road. You right? Know? Do we say that all? Like we, I mean, obviously since we've been doing this, we we've talked about every Coliseum fight, and that's always how we say it is like, if there's one show, especially in the Midwest, that like these guys legit end up in bigger. Sh- I mean, you've had guys in the UFC, Bellator. I mean, all over these promotions. Like that's one thing we always tell people is you never know who you're seeing at Coliseum right. that is legitimately could be like three months away from a UFC fight. And that's, I mean, that goes to the gyms and the coaches. Like, you know, I've built relationships over a decade. So, yeah. you know, I've got to, you know, I'm kind of blessed where I could pick some of the best guys from yeah. certain gyms and, bring them here and let them showcase their skills and you know they perform they do well people are going to see it and you know we have good footage rob you mm-hmm. know moss from fast play sports it's doing the pay-per-views again for us i mean his footage is top notch so when they fight for us people are going to see it you know right if they perform mm-hmm. well it's going to get out there people are going to see it and take notice yeah for sure. And so, like, I know we kind of said in the intro, because I feel like that's kind of where probably you with Coliseum started with the 2-0 and uh, heavyweight pro. But you did – were, they were pro fights, right? Yeah. You did fight two. So talk about that, because I kind of know the genesis, like, through Jacob of why you took those fights. But if you want to tell that, feel free. But just kind of talk about your two fights. It, um, the first one was more of, like – I'd seen guys that I knew hadn't trained, and they're just like throwing, <laughs> sure. you know, some sloppy punches. And I, it's like, dude, if I trained six months, I could do better than that. You know, <laughs> well, if you say that around guys that yeah. fight, so they kind of took me up on it. And I'd already sponsored some guys, and I'd go to Gahan them, new shin pads. Back then, they still had those like white cloth ones that were like oh, karate wow, the karate ones. Yeah, yeah, that's what they. <laughs> nice. I mean, they had some leather ones, sure. but a lot of it for yeah. like. The guys that weren't fighting, that's what they had. Right. So, you know, I wasn't rich or anything, but I'd hustle some shirts at the fights, buy a couple of pairs of shin pads or gloves, drop it off at Gaha just to, you know, right. kind of help out. So then they kind of gave me a spot to train for a minute. And 
I fought the first fight. Dan Head was the promoter, <laughs> so I was the main event. Had never fought a day in my life, and at the skating know, rink, the old yes. skating rink, right? Yeah, wow. yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. And the guy, when I, you know, we fought for. I don't think it lasted a minute, and then he, when I went for a takedown, he grabbed his leg, so it didn't really mm-hmm. feel like a fight. Sure. Like it, yeah, I didn't feel like I really won one, so then I fought a second time. Dan was the main event. I was the co-main, and it was at the skate rink, and I just bought Coliseum Combat that okay. week. I wasn't saying nothing yet, and that was right when Indiana was getting sanctioned where you'd have to be like legit. Mm-hmm. You couldn't right. just throw a cage up at the yeah. skate rink anymore. You <laughs> oh, know, yeah. you'd have to be licensed and bond, you know, right. have all that. So I went ahead and bought it. Wasn't going to say nothing until after my little fight was over. Mm-hmm. And then I went to all these guys and was like, hey, you know, I bought this. Would you rather fight for me or these bums that, you know, at the end of the night aren't trying to pay us? Yeah. And, and it happened the second time I fought, the guys walking around. Oh man, yeah. He tried to say Dan stole ticket money. I can't make this shit up. And yeah. I'm like, oh, he did. He's like, yeah. He's like, so I don't know where. Well, you know, you're gonna pay me. I said, I sold enough tickets to pay for me, my opponent, and Matt Russ from Oscars. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was the DJ that night. Nice. So I was like, you're gonna pay the DJ. You're gonna pay me my purse. I don't know where you're gonna steal it from, but it ain't gonna be for me. <laughs> he found it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And then after that, that's when I let it be known that I was a promoter, but everybody had a story like that before mm-hmm. it was sanctioned. Right. Everybody did. Dark the, days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the, at the end of the night, you know, oh, you know, da, da, da. Lytle, Chris Lytle has a story like that. He'd already fought in the UFC and then got burnt here in Indiana. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things, the Wild West days. Yeah, yeah. what a way to start your promotion, like Suge Knight or something. Yeah. <laughs> Tired of all this stuff? Why don't you come <laughs> over to death row? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, back then I always joked, but it was like it wasn't that I was that good. Everybody else had set the bar so low. <laughs> so just being, like, somewhat honest and trying to promote it and, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not being a total shitbag. It right. was like, oh, yeah. man, I'm the best around. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> do, you feel like, like, do you feel like having those two fights under your belt played a role, too? I think at least let people know I would. I had done it or sure. at least mm-hmm. had tried to do it. You know, I mean, I wasn't yeah. ever going to be a fighter. I was already 30-something, but... I had sponsored the guys with the tattoo shop with mm-hmm. New Breed and had done some other things to where they had a little bit of a relationship with me and they see me at least go in there and try. So I think they at least had a little bit more respect for me than some dude in the suit that's, hey, I'm going to get you guys rich mm-hmm. and get you in the UFC in two fights. Right. Yeah. And that's what everybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. I think everybody has that with their job. Like, I wish I'd see my boss out on the floor doing what I do or oh, whatever, yeah. like, just to make it be like, all right, when he hears me or has something to critique about me, I know he knows. You've been on that me. side of it. Right. For sure. And then, so you, and so you've been like sanctioned since your very first show as owner yeah. of Coliseum then? Yeah. The first show we did was like the third sanctioned event in Indiana. Yeah. And so like for maybe people that don't know what that means, like, um, I'll let you kind of explain it, but that means you have to actually go to the Indiana Gaming Commission and all that, right? Yeah, you have to be licensed with the state. Like, mm. I had to pass a background check, if you can believe that. Really? But, yeah, and then... Uh, like, a, like, like... Like, fingerprinted. Really? Like a gun, almost. Like a gun license, yeah. in a sense, kind of. Yeah. Really? So I had to get fingerprinted. You have to have a, a surety bond with the state, so that way, if you don't pay people, they can pull your surety bond and whatever you have tied to that they come and get so yeah it made it to where a lot of guys that 
that couldn't be promoters couldn't be promoters. Yeah. You know, the guys that weren't going to be able to pay you, sure. it took them kind of out of the equation. So. Yeah. Nice. And then what, so like a typical event, right? Like, cause I'm always like think too is I think a lot of people, like we've talked to fighters. It's like, I think when we have fighters on, it's like, I think so many people don't realize what goes into them getting to fight night. Right. You just see the finished product in the cage. But I think for you, it's the same thing. Like people just see, the cage set up and it's like oh he just set some chairs up in a cage people show up and yeah and people just show up but like what really goes into like putting on a coliseum combat event well i mean like every fighter has to have blood work physical if they're pros they have to have a license they have to have a contract all that has (laughs) to be into the state prior all their blood work physical has to be into the state um i mean just a lot like red tape i mean it's the government so they want as much they want to make sure that you're doing everything correctly. Yeah. And sometimes that's just, you know, I'm going to do it right. But yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, even everything as far as like the uh, ticket invoice, like they got to see how many tickets in each pay point I made. And mm-hmm. at the end of the show, they take them all. And then you get, they get five, 5% of my gate. So the commission uh, does yeah. really. So like people think, Oh, he just, thousand people here tickets are 35 he just, just stacking cash and yeah, sitting like, back <laughs> well there's you know a lot yeah. of people that have you know their hand in the till to get yeah you know, to make a show happen and all the fighters have to be insured you know you gotta have the venue you gotta have insurance on that yeah you know there's a lot of stuff that has to be done before you get to fight night and mm-hmm. it's and then throw on top of that chasing down fighters and hey you guys gotta do this you gotta get your oh, blood working yeah you gotta, and that's why I always try to stick with re- reputable gyms, and we mm-hmm. try and you know we don't have too many fall off, knock on wood, you know, at weigh ins and whatever because yeah. it's guys that are reliable and their coaches don't want it to look bad on their gym, so sure. they're making sure their guys are doing stuff. And then you look at other promotions, and they'll have sixteen fights on the card, and eight will happen. Yeah, and it's because the other eight. Nowhere to be found. Right. And it's because you're just trusting people that are independent fighters or you know, they don't really train, yeah. train that gym. And then so you don't really have anybody checking up on them. And, and how many, like, because, like, one thing I think <laughs> is, too, is, like, how many, how, what's the way, like, potential fighters are you fielding every event that are like, dude, I'm down to fight. And then, like, you when know that. it's closer, you know, they go, you know, ghost yeah. you. And, like, even right now, I've had a couple guys that I'm really looking for fights for. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, everybody that was gung-ho about it, now it's like, oh, yeah. you know, mm. a little cold feet. And, like, right now, you know, COVID's starting to go away a little sure. bit, so there's, like, a lot more promotions happening yeah. around mm-hmm. um, kickboxing. Right. You know, so there's a lot of other places where now they're back opening up, and for a while there wasn't any, and then I was one of the first ones that came back. and mm. So now there's a whole lot of, like, well, we can do it too. So let's hurry up and do them. And yeah. I think that once it comes time to do COVID tests on all these guys and all that, some of these shows don't realize what's. Yeah. So is that coming like mandated tests well, and I've stuff? I've had to do that. Oh, really? All these. Yeah. Mm. Every cornerman, every fighter. Okay. I didn't so know that. Some of these shows that are scheduled, I hope that they know that that's part of the protocol and that they have access to about 80 COVID tests. Really? Is that the commission? Yeah. Okay. So, so they, do, do they send them the test or are they going to be tested? Like, do they have they to go? They have to have one. And if you're depending on fighters that already you have to chase down their blood work and yeah. physical and everything else. I'm not criticizing fighters, but this is just <laughs> something else added in the midst of their training and everything yeah, else. Sure. 
and it has to be done 72 hours, and it's every fighter, every corner man. So they can have it done prior to coming in, but if they don't, you better have somebody here to do them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to lose a fight. Right. What? So we had, you know, a nurse here the last three shows that we've done administering rapid COVID tests for anybody that didn't have them. Mm-hmm. That's an added expense right now, but otherwise you don't do a show. You're going to lose your right. show, yeah. half Probably a big chunk of your show, too. Right. Because if you're chasing guys down for blood work, I can imagine, like you just said, you throw in now a COVID test. And, just, and then to make sure they get the right one that has, you know, that's a rapid and still right. something they got to wait a day or two because if they don't have it prior to the event, they can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without, I mean, we don't want to say names, but what is one of the worst or funniest, like, memorable excuses for a guy or girl backing out of a fight that you can recall? Or, or to, if, the, if you don't have one specific, is there, like, a reoccurring one that you always hear? I always call, I mean, I don't know if there's necessarily a word, like, you know, the worst one sure. ever, but there's always, I call it a case of the Wednesdays and it's usually the wins. And sometimes like you'll see that they quit posting stuff about the mm-hmm. fights. You know I mean? All yeah. of a sudden they're not as active on social media, <laughs> not replying. You're like, man, this dude's going to get a case of the Wednesdays, you know? <laughs> so is that what you call it? Cause it's yeah, always Wednesday, Wednesday before. <laughs> yeah. It's like two days before weigh-ins, you yeah, know? And it's like, ready, man. Yeah. Oh dude, my knee, you know, yeah. it's always something that you can't really like just go and like, Oh, you look fun. You know, it's yeah. always something internal that's probably going to need yeah. an MRI. Yeah. My liver, man. <laughs> yeah. it's But, you know, it's a case of the Wednesdays. I love that. Case Carlos of the- Diaz, he knows all about it. We've discussed the Wednesdays a lot. I love know? that. Yeah. And then, yeah, because I just always think, like, so when, when you put, like, if you book somebody for a fight and then, like, say right off the bat or within even, like, a week or two, they just never promote the fight, does that make you pretty nervous, too, right yeah. from the beginning? Because you're like – you know, if this person's not promoting or trying to get people there, so maybe, I mean, do you keep track of selling tickets throughout fight camp for people or, um, you know? some like, yeah, I went and dropped off some to Cologne's gym yeah. um, for the upcoming fight. And you guys see me, I'll drop them off at, yeah. uh, and I'll kind of check up with people, but you, you can, I can usually have a feeling and then I'll start checking up on those guys and like, yeah. Oh, man. yeah. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, you live and you learn, and it's yeah. like, yeah, I, I kind of knew better, but, I, you know, I figured I'd give him a shot. And Do, do you have any, like, kind of go-to talks you give to guys who you know are kind of just, it's just more of a cold feed type deal, but you do have, like, a spiel you give them to, like, kind of maybe get them a little pumped up to really go out and do it? Um, Just from the beginning, I let them all know if there's anything they need, and I mean that. Like, I've helped guys get blood work and physical, so... They know that I'd do anything possible to save their fight, you know. So at that point, it's like, you know, I I can't make them. And usually if a guy is already at that point to where he's going in thinking he's losing, it's, uh, I don't know, I'd rather him not fight and try to find a replacement. Because usually the guys that are know they're being brought in to get throttled, Mm -hmm. they don't sell tickets. They don't bring their family. They don't, you know. So I, I've been wrong a time or two, but I always try to put on fair fights. I yeah. never try to, you know, I want both guys going in thinking they're going to win, and yeah. that's what makes a good fight. You know, if a guy's already doubting himself and whatever, there ain't a whole lot I can do. Sure. You know? So um, usually I just let them know from Jump Street, hey, if there's anything you need, you mm-hmm. know, let me know because I'd rather address it two weeks out than. 
two days. Right. Two days. Yeah. The Wednesday before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. Um, funny enough, I remember when Damien was fighting. You're definitely not one to not t- tell people, hey, you're going down the street team. Pass these bad boys. I've passed out many of flyers at the casting plant. Yeah. And uh, do you get a lot of people who's like really into promoting themselves like that, or is it kind of more the t- the guys you know are serious want to do that, and the rest of them are kind of just? Um, I mean, it depends. Some guys I know, that if they're not local, there's not a whole lot they can do other than social media, you know? right? And I mean, if they can push it that way, then that's great because as long as it's getting visibility, it's my job to sell the tickets, right. you know. I mean, I'm the promoter, but when guys are just completely yeah you know non-existent on sure. it then that's when i just am like it's not that i want them to do my job it's just i already know they're not mm-hmm. their head ain't sure. in it at that point right you just mentioned like booking guys like trying to get people fair fights right or stuff so what is kind of your your booking process like for a fight because i guess is it like like how do you do you, do you watch a lot of film on guys especially if you've never seen them before or is it just people you know from being at the shows you kind of know who would match up do you lean on the coaches a lot to kind of give you ideas of matchups like how how what is your typical matchmaking process I think I do a lot of it backwards and I don't know if that's good or bad <laughs> okay. but like I don't start off with necessarily like I have this half of a fight card yeah that I'm trying to look you know I mean and then just trying to fill those gaps like it yeah i start off saying who wants to fight and then i just try to plug people pull out that like yeah. oh that'd be a good one so do you, you look at re- I mean? are you looking at records to try to match people up or like what not it, always because sometimes yeah. that can be deceiving yeah um especially amateur probably right yeah I mean, well even like rocky france ryan thomas when they fought it was like an incredible fight but if you look at the records nobody would have thought rocky would have had a chance yeah but then mm-hmm. when you look at who rocky fought his losses are to Dan and uh, John Colossi, who's a UFC vet. <laughs> um, I think he fought Jason Gilligan, who's a, a UFC vet. You look at the guys he fought and yeah. they lost to, it's like, well, I mean, that's pretty tough guys that he's lost to. So yeah. sometimes you got to like, take in consideration not necessarily you know, just the record, but who right. they fought to get those losses. And then part of it is I like go to gyms and we'll see – Guys, you know, two years ago that were 16 training at Gaha that Jacob's like, yeah, man. Yeah. When this kid turns 18, man, he's going to be real good. Yeah. And I've been to gyms where, well, pretty much every gym I've been to has told me, you're the only promoter that's ever been here. And yeah. I think that's really freaking weird because if that's what you're doing. Yeah. How, what else do you have to do? And then also, <laughs> how are you going to know who to match make or who to. Yeah. If you or unless you're only going to go by records, and yeah. then you'll get shit wrong a lot. Right? right. So it does mean so when you're going, you know, I know you take tickets a lot because that is, I mean, you'll drive to like Ohio. I mean, I've seen you drive pretty far sometimes to, you know, drop contracts off or tickets off or whatever. So are you doing that, you know, just to put eyes on the fighters, you know, or maybe I'm not saying that you're critiquing their training, but just to kind of because I think that does probably mean a lot too to the fighters that you know you're just willing to put your face out there as well and not just have them show up on a Saturday night in Indiana type thing right the very first show I did I relied on a guy that was a matchmaker and he was gonna help and yeah like everybody no showed me and it was a rude awakening like yeah they were gonna teach me and they thought I'd do one <laughs> show and be done and uh so that night I think we only had six fights so mm-hmm. after that I was like I'll do it I'll yeah. matchmake. And I just started, me and Danny Zimmerman, 
you guys probably know Danny, that does sound little familiar. boxing coach. He used to um, uh, work in corner Richie Boroff back in the day. Okay, mm. you've seen him at the fights and probably didn't know he's a stone. Well, I've seen killer. Richie fight, so <laughs> I'm sure I've seen him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but uh, Danny, I'd known from like working boxing for the couple of fights that I was yeah. trying, you know, as a guy mm-hmm. who could at least teach me at those straight punch. Yeah. So he would go with me and we'd just start driving to gyms. And nice. back then it was the old school, like real GPS. You know, you didn't have that on yeah. your phone. It was like, <laughs> and I had this big van and we'd just hit it and go to check out these gyms. And it was a lot harder for those guys to not show up when I took the time to drive two and a half hours, bring them yeah. tickets, posters, mm-hmm. shake their hands. Yeah. I was like, man, this is the way to do it. Yeah. It's different when you got to disappoint somebody you've never met. Cause it's right. just like, you never seen them. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I might not ever see this guy again. Right. But yeah. when I'm the one that drove and brought the tickets and handed them to you and took pictures with you and you see that I at least took mm-hmm. time out of my day, you know? Yeah. That's to do something for your confidence too. I'd imagine as a fighter for the person who booked you wanting to come and see you and like make sure everything goes right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And then, how long are you, so now we're kind of coming to an end of a chapter here with Kokomo, at least for the immediate future. Um, so how long have you been doing fights now in Kokomo and then kind of talk about, you know, what's going on and what's next now, why well, you're leaving? It was uh, 2010, January 2010 was the first fight I put on at the event center. Um, so I mean, it's been over a decade, yeah. 12 yeah. years, but uh, it's going to be commercial and like I have like everybody wants me to be mad at the family, you know, that owns the building. I'm yeah. like, it's their business. Like yeah. COVID hit. Like, yeah, you know, if COVID, if if I could have still done fights in Indiana for that year and two months when I could in other states, they'd have probably still be an event center. Right. But for a year and two months, they they couldn't just do my event. Yeah. There was a ton that they had to cancel and scrap and all that. So, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, I have no animosity for them because they bought that building and welcomed me back after mm-hmm. Ivy Tech kicked me out. You yeah. know what I mean? They had to make a decision for their family. You know, uh, Vern Sr. had passed away. That dude did so much. I worked there with him. You yeah. Know? And that dude did a lot for that building to where, how are you going to replace him too? You know, mm-hmm. so like that family, I just want to get that clear. Like I sure. have no animosity. I'm grateful for the time they let me back in there. But for them, it was the best decision to go to more of a retail spot. And, you know, now I'm looking at venues in Lafayette, Merrillville. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I outgrew this town for a minute. And in yeah. two, three years, maybe there'll be something back here to where I can come back or do one a year at the Jackrabbits Stadium. You know nice. what I mean? Do an outdoor show, have that cake, because that's been talked about. As you say, is that like kind of something you've thought or kicked around? They've talked to me about it, but it, it, you know, that ain't a permanent home. Right. You know, that gets cold in, the, in February. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, so. Get the ice rink to like, the left. To do one, I would love to have, you know, the cage Be set sick. up and, and right there in the infield and, yeah. you know, put something over to where it'd keep rain and do or, you or know, even yeah. the dew hits after seven, eight o'clock. Yeah. You know? But I've had friends of mine that done them, like in Gary, um, at the Railcats uh, mm-hmm. field and stuff. And I mean, it, it was successful and it was cool. So I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I, you know, it couldn't be a permanent home. So now we got the uh, the one in Maryville in February, and then April second is our first show in Lafayette. Yeah, and I plan on doing three and three. So nice. So was taking it on the road. Was this something you always wanted to do, or is it just? 
basically just out of necessity because there's just not a venue large enough for you right now. I mean, I, like I was from here and like not to sound like all, you know, but I wanted something cool here. You yeah. Know? I mean, mm-hmm. not, my license is for the state of Indiana. I could have went to India. I could have done that. Sure. You know, whenever. But I did it here because my buddies have businesses here. You know, yeah. Janine hosted the way or the after parties forever. You know what I yeah. mean? So mm-hmm. it was a way to the people that supported me could get something back out of it. And, you know, I could bring something cool to here. You right. know, it's one of the only professional sports in Kokomo. You know, so yeah. it was right. something that. In my mind, I thought it was, you know, something I was providing here. Sure. Other right. people might have thought, man, I'm glad he's finally leaving town. But for me, I thought <laughs> I was doing, you know, a service. I mean, the hotels were always packed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my bill for the hotels was three to 4500 each time I do a show. That's yeah. just for me paying for the fighters and, oh, yeah. and that. So, I mean, they'll be okay, but they're going to be missing – you know, yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. money over five, six shows a year. And Lafayette's excited to have it. Yeah. Right. Maryville is. So, I mean, a lot of people in Kokomo, I think, that weren't so supportive of me yeah. were, like, thinking this was going to be the, the crushing blow. And it's sure. like, no, man, there's other towns that are actually, like, really excited that I'm coming. And yeah. they're already contacting hotels to get me discounted rates. And, nice. you know, it's ran by the, the Parks and Rec uh, Department in Maryville. Okay, and like they're excited to have me. They they want <clears throat> something like this, and they're yeah. down to bring you know thirteen hundred people to the area and to spend money in the area. Nice. Lafayette's the same way. It's at the Tippy Canoe County Fairgrounds. Yeah, they want their hotels full. They want people mm-hmm. spending money in Lafayette, so they're excited that we're coming. We we just oh we say we just real quick because we just talked about Nate Manus and I just like you saying that is like the biggest example is the night of that fight we actually set sat next to his boss you remember mm-hmm. that and his yeah. boss's wife nate manis's he worked construction or something yeah. and the nicest people ever and uh they were just like because i think they were from like kentucky like yeah. somewhere down in kentucky. kentucky yeah and he was just like you know like he works for me he's a good kid i want to come support him and he's like so we just decided to come up and make a weekend out of it and he's like you know so they were asking us like places to go places to eat and like stuff like that they were staying at a hotel and it's like yeah i don't think people totally understand either just in one weekend what coliseum it's not just a local thing i we, we talk about that all the time with events is people are literally coming all over the midwest to see these fights oh, I'd, I'd tell people and i think they thought i was joking but 60 percent are coming over an hour <clears throat> I you believe that. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Of the people, you know, so we have thirteen hundred people there at the show. Over six, you know, sixty percent are driving an hour. Yeah. Or more. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, you guys are from Kokomo. How many local fighters we have? A handful right. that are consistent. Maybe a handful at a right. time. You know. So everybody else is coming. Like the last fight that I had, I think I only had Nick was the only. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, local guy or you know one of sure. the last ones, and it's like we still sold a thousand tickets. Oh man. Know, so it, yeah. Most of those people are coming an hour away, like you said, to support a guy that's on the card, yeah. not just local guys coming to the fights because it's, yeah. you know, here in Kokomo, these are people that are driving and staying at hotels, eating at restaurants, right. gas. Todd Jordan at the toy store there mm-hmm. on Geek Street has that huge toy store. Fighters love that stuff. So oh, every time yeah. I'll see like four or five guys down at his toy store after a fight, I'll scroll through Facebook yeah. and they'll be checking in down there buying something at his store. And it's like, that's what I wanted. You yeah. Know, not to be all, you know, but yeah. not no. to sound like a politician, but yeah. that's what I wanted. So now I can't have fights here. I got a card show that I'm going to do once a month. And 
Yeah. yeah. Still bring cool people here to Kokomo and try to do something fun for my town. And last week, Cliff Levingston was here, mm -hmm. you know, Pat Underwood. NBA champ. MLB. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Layman Brewster was a yeah. former heavyweight champ. Knocked out Klitschko. Uh, Angel Man Freddie will be here. You know, we we're talking about Nate next month. So yeah, you know, I'll still find ways to mm -hmm. bring cool make stuff. You guys, come yeah. hang out with me. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're in here. Don't worry about. Oh that. yeah, and it's kind of it's got to be refreshing too. Like obviously we're from here. <laughs> Them being here has been super fun for us because we don't have to travel to see this stuff but yeah. <laughs> it's got to be refreshing to go to cities who aren't like we don't want this brutal you know well, violent thing the whole town didn't want me but you yeah. guys have known the situations right here that, you know it's always been i've always been fighting uphill to try to keep mm -hmm. it here and it's mm -hmm. like you know after i got kicked out of the event center when ivy tech had it and i had to go to the armory People don't understand. We went from selling twelve hundred tickets to only being able to sell eight hundred. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, 10 it's a big grand deal. Right, each show, and the how expenses many, don't change. Probably, no, you and know, how many yeah. people would do that just to stay in their hometown? Yeah, and mm -hmm. I'm not trying to like. No, I, but, get it. I mean that, and now I can't. I'm yeah. not going to go from that back to the armory and lose you know ten grand to every show again. Sure, I'll just go on and I'll make an extra ten grand. Right, you know, because Lafayette has seventeen hundred retractable bleacher seats. That's amazing. It's a lot. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's in a college town. It's still an hour from Kokomo. You mm -hmm. know, you guys are still going to go a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah. We don't have a choice. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. You know, it's, it's a drive, but guess what? There's casinos there. Right. Yeah. You know, you derelicts might cross over into Illinois. I don't know if this guy's allowed. <laughs> right. But you know, I mean, so you guys will make a weekend sure. of it. And the same right. way people, people up in Maryville will benefit, but you guys will still come. You'll still support right. the one, you know, the shows that you can. Yeah. And you know, the show will go on. Right. So I know it sounds like you're you're pretty excited about it. Obviously, something new and, and excited to have people. But is there a little fear associated with it because you are going into new markets where you know like the Cologne guys are up there, right? So I mean, maybe some people are kind of familiar with what Coliseum Combat is, but there is people like we know people here in town that have no association to Gaha or any other other local MMA fighters, and they just come to every show because they just love the product. Um, and you're not necessarily going to have that maybe right off the bat in like Maryville, Lafayette. So are you nervous about that? And then what are you doing to kind of, are you getting up there into those markets with flyers or po like, how are you kind of trying to get people ready for what you're bringing? Yeah, I mean, I, just dropped off, you know, 400 tickets to uh, <clears throat> that gym Saturday. Yeah. Young was there for smoker fights, watching guys box and kickbox. Was know. that what the, I saw something like on there? See, that, I'm up there, guys. I love that. <laughs> that was, I was, it's funny you said I've been that. I've up there for years. I was literally <sighs> swear, I was, I, I thought I saw that and I was like, I was going to comment like, is this a smoker? <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. That <laughs> yeah. was awesome. Yeah, that was up at Clone's gym. Awesome. And that's where Wayans will be. We'll be at Cologne's. Okay. The venue is like a half mile down the road from Cologne's gym. So right. And what's be, that venue where they're going to be? It's called the Dean and Barbara White Community Center. And it's a brand new building that they built mm -hmm. there. Okay. I guess it used to either be an old drive-in theater, an old theater of some sort. It got dilapidated. And, and this uh, family has donated a ton of money up into that area. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the YMCA is named after them. I mean, they, oh, wow. you know, but this building is just amazing. And it's got three basketball courts side by side. So I can drop a curtain. Okay. The, you know, little back, room yeah. back here, have the two. It's got a track around it. 
So you can look, you know, go up there, and that's where a snack bar is. Look down, you know, look into the cage, kind of like the old armory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, you know, goes all the way around. We'll have, like, a staging area for the two guys that are getting ready to fight, almost make it a bullpen because nobody ever gets to see that at the fights because you have to have a bracelet to go in the back. This way you'll be up above. Mm. I'm not going to have it where you can go back here and maybe catch a guy changing clothes, (laughs) but I'm going to have it the staging area to where the next two guys that are going on almost like a bullpen you nice. can see these guys hit mitts kind of see that stuff that a fan doesn't, doesn't normally see. get to see that's cool as they're getting ready to make that walk in there so there's a lot of ideas i have to like i think it'll be cool there's some bleachers there already so and they're they're really inviting like they're yeah. wanting this to be successful up there so they're doing what they can the fighters are doing what they can to promote it so yeah i think of course, I'm nervous, but sure. it's, I mean, you got Gary, you got Maryville, Valpo, Chicago. Yeah. I mean, even Lafayette's only an hour yeah. from there. So they'll still be, hopefully, people will make, they'll find out about it. And this All is right. the February. Yeah, February, the tw- a month away. Is it the 29th? 26th. 26th. Okay, February 26th, Maryville. And then have you announced the date for the Lafayette? April 2nd. April 2nd for Lafayette in that venue. What's that venue going to be? It's in the, uh, it's called the Coliseum. Hey, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. yeah nice. And it's, uh, it's in the Tippy Canoe County Fairgrounds, but it's right on Creasy Lane. Like at first oh, I was that's apprehensive because I yeah. thought County Fairgrounds, it's going to be like out a lot, you know, yeah. out five, 10 miles out of town. It's not, it's right in Lafayette and it's awesome. Brand new facility. Um, same thing. They're excited to have us uh, there. I'm hoping we've been talking that I'll be able to have Carol and Hog Heaven there providing oh, nice. food. Um, Kyle Gibson, okay, be there. You know, providing the nice booze, little beer and yeah. stuff. Bring so a little Kokomo flavor. Bringing a little Kokomo Lafayette. Still getting so them that in there. The people that could, you know, that supported me for years can at least right. still, you know, they it wouldn't be worth their while to drive. Yeah, Maryville and do all that, but Lafayette. Yeah, they they seem to be on board, and that way we can make the show still seem like it's here. Yeah, right. and I don't, I'm not gonna try to pull too much out of you, but what's like after that? What's next? Are you thinking cycling back to Maryville, Lafayette? Are we look? You said Indy earlier. Are you looking into Indy? Oh no, no, I don't want Indy. Okay, yeah, there's too much to do in Indy. You got sure. professional sports markets, enough. and you got nightlife, and okay. you know, I'd rather be the coolest thing to do that night yeah and sometimes i won't be an indie yeah you know there's That's a lot more yeah. to or any southern indiana you know are you looking to go any so or just kind of keep it central indiana ish right, and northern now until something happens closer to home um i'm still just i'm gonna try for three and three so nice. yeah i've got um july and october in maryville okay um and <laughs> I'm gonna try putting two more in lafayette after nice April. awesome so, Awesome. Yeah, so we got February, April, July 30th, and October 2nd. Nice. Awesome. We're going to start wrapping this up. Is there any, like, I don't want to tie you down to one specific, but is there, like, an event that, like, sticks out as, like, one of your biggest, like, most favorite Coliseum combats or maybe a moment or anything? Actually, the I'll Never Do It Again Uh for that two-day show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was pretty awesome because 
when it was originally scheduled, it was when COVID was still restricted on the number of people I could have. Okay. So it was more if we were under 500, I could do a show with 500 on Friday and a show with 500 on Saturday. Yeah. Well, then when there wasn't any restrictions, I was like, oh, there might not be anybody show up to one or the other. Yeah. You know, and that's when I had um, Angel and uh, okay and, and Mark Coleman. Mark, yeah. And had them sign in both nights. I thought that might kind of help. And I was blown away with the attendance yeah. both nights. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then even the fights were awesome. We had, you know, I made five trips to the airport that weekend. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, I'll never do that. Yeah, too much. Again, it's too much. But it was, that was probably the most uh, satisfying was because I had a lot of things going against me that weekend. Plus. Sure. I had never done a Friday event ever in my life. Mm-hmm. I'd never had fights yeah. on Friday because people work. And in my mind, people go out on Saturday. Sure. You know, right. I used to bounce in a bar. You know. Friday was dead. Saturday was happening. Yeah. You know? So in my mind, like, people are tired after Friday. I don't want to go out. So in my mind, I was like, oh. yeah. well, once I seen Friday was successful, I was like, man, tomorrow's going to be even better. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> it was. And so that was probably the most gratifying because everybody kind of, pulled through to make it happen yeah and and like i said we were fighting some stuff to that we had to pull off last minute and everything and and every time i thought oh my gosh this is it yeah somebody would step up and help me out and it was like Phew. yeah and then to see how it, how it happened and then the fights that resulted in it, it was like, yeah, mm. this is, this but you slept cool. so well that sunday yeah, and then me and my <laughs> yeah. girlfriend went to Florida. I swear I slept two days. That was like the first <laughs> vacation I probably ever had. Like every other year, they all go without me. Yeah. And I stay up here. That was the first time I went with them, and then I slept for like two days. <laughs> but it was so awesome. Man. Oh, I was, bet. And we still had some fun. Right. Yeah, that, that was my first time going with them to Florida. Like yeah. Every other time, I just send the kids and her. and mm-hmm. You guys have fun. I'm going to stay up here and work. All yeah. Right. Awesome. Brandon, did you have anything before we get to our rapid fire? Uh, just real quick, I get this one from me. So, uh, you watch a lot of UFC personally. So, okay. So, so how much when like when you decided to get into the promoting, h- how much do you pull from like seeing like the UFC, Bellator, those kinds of shows, and then versus putting kind of your own spin on the things? Is there like a good blend? And then I guess also how much does the commission play into that in terms of what can you do and can't you do when you kind of want to put your own flavor on that type of stuff? Um, I've always been like you guys have been, you know, you never really see me in the cage or, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, trying to make too much of a spectacle over anything but the Mm -hmm. fights, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, lights and bells and whistles and all that stuff's cool. And I like to have the screens and I like to make it to where it's, um, enjoyable for, for the fans, but at the people are there to see the fights, Mm -hmm, you know, they ain't there to see me. You know, yeah, ring girls are cool, but you don't need a dozen of them. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like I try to put the emphasis more on the fights, and then everything else is cool. Don't get me wrong. Right. You know, I like yeah. lights. Yeah. I like the, the theatrics and stuff. But if I can add another fight or I could add two ring girls and a light and a smoke machine, I'm going to add that other pro fight. Sure. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. In my mind. I'd rather see another pro fight than two more ring girls, a smoke machine, yeah, and absolutely. a laser light show. Yeah. So I would rather add that fight right. and think the fans would rather see that than, mm-hmm. you know. But 
That's me. Yeah, I guess I I'm a purist. Is that what yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. No, we're the that same. We, call we probably it. need some of that. Well, when I yeah. break down, like, if I'm going to an event like that, when I'm breaking down the ticket price, I'm like, well, there's eight, nine fights. Yeah. Break that out. I mean, that's working out like $6 a fight. I'm, I'm with that. I pay more than that for a pay-per-view. Yeah, so. For sure. And last, last thing, because you just said something that made me always, I've always wondered, amateur fights are usually in the back, and then pro fights you usually come out and watch cage, cage side, right? Yeah. Is there a specific reason for that, like, just the amateurs need a little bit more babysitting or <laughs> no it's um i used to hide in the back all the time okay and it, it more started in the armory okay because we all had to hide down in the basement yeah. because of the amount of people that were upstairs so all the fighters everybody else the locker rooms everybody else was down so i'd sit there on this little monitor uh -huh. and just watch the fights and i kind of liked it because then i nobody really bothered me i just sit there and watch it <laughs> yeah and I'm not going to go up there and jump around and put a suit on and, you know, I mean, be hugging on girls anyways. Sure. So I'd just soon sit there in my T-shirt, and if somebody gets sick, I'll clean up the vomit. And You know, I mean, I mean it's mm -hmm. real. Like, and so I just always kind of hid back in the back, and if they needed more water, it was hidden in my old van or my old car, and I'd go grab another case of water and bring it in, throw it in the coolers. Yeah. and. It's just where I felt more comfortable. And Mike Eikenberry one time, you guys know Mike, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a buddy of mine, and he like, like, man, if you came out, it's like, I know I'd probably fight harder. I know some <laughs> of the other guys would, you know. So then he kind of, and he was a pro at that time, so he convinced me. But then they all become my friends. Sure. And so then, like, I can remember, like, my palms sweating when Dan Head and Jameson mm. Sharp were fighting, yeah. and Dan's mm -hmm. all cut up. My daughter's crying sitting next to me. That was at the Armory. I remember yeah, that. That was a crazy like, you know, So some of that stuff, it's like, man, I, I like both these guys, and it's my job, and I want them both to win. I know they can't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I don't even watch any of the fights until afterwards, and I'll watch them in here at home and watch them on the TV. Yeah. So... All respect to Jamison Sharp. Dan Head won that fight. Yeah, just, just for the record, <laughs> just for the record. I know I'm, we're a little biased. We can say that, but it was a great fight. But Dan won that fight. I'm a sorry. lot of times, <laughs> and Dan gets cut easy. I think yeah, that sometimes the judges look at the blood and not necessarily the rest. And I'm not taking nothing away from Jamison, but I'm saying no. That it was a great sometimes fight. Sometimes blood and their mind equals damage. Right. And, Dan, know, Dan's Dan been bleeds. through some damage. Well, yeah, yeah, Dan. And Dan bleeds if I blow on his forehead hard. You know what I mean? And he's been known to block point. a punch with his forehead sometimes. <laughs> that one he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like sometimes he has to get knocked down just to start going. You know, that's just mm -hmm. kind of who he is. I'm sorry, I keep thinking of one, literally the last thing. Fight night, how much are you, like, involved or busy, or do you just have such a good staff or people around you that kind of take care of issues, problems? Are you fielding it, or are you just kind of – you get to do your own thing? I sit back there and buy cards on eBay. <laughs> I love and then send it – my buddy will be sitting cage side, and I'll send him pictures of it. And, <laughs> and my girlfriend, I'll aggravate her. Yeah. But that's part of it is, okay. like – I'm not saying I don't work, but I have a lot Absolutely. of – like, my girlfriend, my, you know, my sister, Duran, mm -hmm. all of them run the front. I'm back there in the back with the fighters, you know, mm -hmm. Mike Johnson and all my buddies have done the cage stuff. Yeah, you've always had there. the same guys doing the cage, right. it seems like. So it's like everybody kind of knows. I mean, I don't know how to do any of that anyway, so why yeah. should I be running around <laughs> sure. like a chicken with my head cut off? You yeah. know, the part I did is done, yeah. you know. Um, so I've actually had other people that run shows like, how do you just sit back here? 
want me to do? Like, I can run around and look busy yeah. if you want, but I don't, I don't know what I'd be doing. Yeah. I'm just sitting here waiting for them to need more water. Yeah. And I hide it in my car so they don't drink it all in the first you right. know, three fights. And then yeah. I'll bring another case. And so that's what I do. You know, just awesome. sit back here and hide in the back. Yeah, I was just curious about that. Maybe you that's what uh, Dana White was doing. With Francis. We didn't put the belt on yeah, him. He yeah, he was back there back bidding there. on cars. <laughs> he was back there getting more cases of water. Yeah. Is what it was. Like, oh, let me get that, guys. I'll get that water. Yeah, Bra- Brandon Moreno needed a little water. Yeah. So, oh, well, before man. we get out, one of the like favorite things we do at the end is John is going to hit you with some rapid fire questions. There's no right or wrong answers. They're just fun. No pressure. Everybody feels pressured. Yeah, but they're very random. Yeah, just random. Nothing to do with anything. <clears throat> so, we're going to start out a little bit because we know you're a foodie. So, I'm going to give you a couple quick ones. Drums or flats? Flats. Deep dish or thin crust? Thin crust. Nice. Mm. East Coast or West Coast rap? Oh, West Coast. Nice. Would you rather have a back and forth fight or a finish? Finish, because then they can't complain about judges. There you go. It's high. For a, uh, like a road trip, do you prefer having a good hotel or good food? Food. I'm the same. I'd probably take like yeah. a little two-star. I could two sleep star. in my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you rather ride shotgun or have the backseat all to yourself? Mm, shotgun. There you go. Which feels better, new socks or a new shirt? I got to wash this shirt. Mm. I can't wear it brand <laughs> new. It has that weird smell. Okay. Man. It you does have a weird smell, about. yeah. Yeah, that is it. true. I know what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I can slide socks on yeah. new. I love, so. I love new socks. New socks are so great. So yeah, best. new shirt. They're like I squishy wash little, yeah. <laughs> NWO or Degeneration X? NWO. Nice. Sega or Nintendo? Nintendo. The rest of your life wearing one boxing glove or an Abraham Lincoln top hat? <laughs> I'd wear a top hat. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah. That's the rapid fire. <laughs> yeah. I love it. There is a, when you said the thing about the judges, people can't complain. Do you deal with that a lot after fights? Like teams or fighters coming up like, dude, what was that? And then they're kind of coming at you like it's your fault because it's your show. Or? I, I don't know how many times I've heard that I pay off the judges <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, Every, I can honestly say, every single pro contract, I put in a finish bonus. Okay. So, if, like, dude, I was going to pay you more if you'd right. have finished him. Yeah. So don't blame me that you lost the decision. I don't give a yeah. shit yeah. who wins. I was going to pay you an extra $100 sure. to knock him out, and you didn't. Yeah. So I don't know. But every every pro contract has that, and it has an extra, you know, something. 100 yeah. 200 depending on what the initial contract is, but. Every one of them has a finish bonus. So I would have nice. paid them more to knock them out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want anyways. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't – I did my part. Yeah, you yeah, to I mean? entice like, it, yeah. If you didn't finish him, you'd have got more money. So I tried to – I gave you incentive. Right. You know, so don't, don't think I wanted it to go to the judges. Yeah, like, right. You should have got my wallet some more. If you yeah. finished him, you would have. <laughs> Last kind of rapid fire, coolest person you have in your contacts right now. I'll insult somebody. I'll okay, I'll, the, I'll give you give you a couple. Give you because I'm sure the, you got some pretty I'll cool tell people. You the that's why I'm asking. Ones that's happened to me recently is my phone rang and it was Angel Man Freddy and somebody was up there at the bar uh-huh. behind you and asked if that was Angel Man Freddy. <laughs> Another similar one happened with Chris Lytle. I was putting my stuff in the courthouse to go pay a ticket for uh-huh. a seatbelt. And I was taking everything out of my pocket and I put my phone in there and it was ringing and the guy looks at me, he's like, really? 
and it said Chris Lytle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude. Hey, no yeah, big deal. Me, I got to take quick. it. <laughs> yeah. And so he was kind of laughing as, you know, the little sheriff's deputy yeah, guy yeah. that was sitting there. But, I mean, I couldn't have, like, timed it better. No. I put everything in that little plastic <laughs> yeah. know, dog dish thing. You got to put all your metal stuff in. Yeah. And it's ringing. And, yeah, so that was a pretty cool That's awesome. Awesome. Well, that's it, man. We're going to let you go. Um, let's go through these dates, though, again. Let's start with the card show. So you got the... February 12th 12th for the next card show here in Kokomo, Indiana, Slater Sports Card Memorabilia, right? I got yep. the name right? Yep. And then you're doing another one in March, which, what's the date? Do you have I a date? I think it falls on the 12th again. Okay, but. It's the second, second Saturday. Saturday. But UFC fighter Nathan Manus. Without doubt. In building, doing signing, so definitely come here if you're a UFC fan. Um, and then the fights, the next one's February 26th. Yep, Maryville, in Maryville, Indiana. Indiana. At, at the Dean and Dean and Barbara White Community Center. And then Lafayette. At the Coliseum at oh, yeah, the Col- Tippecanoe so County <laughs> Fairgrounds. You should have just, like, they just did that yeah. for you. Yeah, yeah that so, had to be awesome. What was crazy was I'd seen it. Yeah. And then uh, me, here's the name drop. It was me, Lytle, and Matt Mitrione. Oh, no, no big deal. <laughs> we were having Is he still around? Is he still around He's in, in Indiana? Lafayette. Is he? Yeah. I got somebody else that I'm not, at some point, I'll be able to get him over here, I'm hopeful. For a signing? Yeah. Nice. But we were in Lafayette, and my buddy Rex was with me, and we're all sitting there, and they're (laughs) talking about this place in Lafayette, and somebody messaged me on Facebook. I was like, check out this place in Lafayette while you're there. And we looked at the armory. It was too small. So we all, like, pile up, me, Lytle, Rex, Matt Mitria. Big old Matt. (laughs) He did stay. He and his wife were there. They say, but. We go over there and it's closed. So Lytle's beating on the door. I'm like, dude, there's nobody here, man. It's 4:30. Yeah. This construction guy can't make it. He opens the door and he's like, "You guys selling Girl Scout cookies?" <laughs> and he's like, "A construction guy. This building wasn't even open yet. We didn't what? know. We just went over there and Lytle's not, beating yeah. on the door." So he's like, "No, we want to rent this building. Put fights." And this guy's looking at us like we're crazy. Yeah, right? Right. he don't know any of us, and we're just like. He's like, I can't let you guys walk around here. It's like, yeah. there's nobody here. I'm just a construct. I'm not gonna lose my job. And yeah. Rex is like, uh, do you have a restroom we can use? <laughs> He's like, fuck it, come on. <laughs> so, dude, we're in there taking pictures. <laughs> Lyle's walking. This is amazing. Look exclusive. And we're just coming around. Like after a couple of minutes, he comes over. He's like, hey man, you guys uh, found the bathroom yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, we're getting out of here. <laughs> So we leave, and the next morning I'd found the lady to email, and I sent her an email and everything. I was trying to be all professional, and they had told on us. So mm. when I went over there, oh. she emails me back. She's like, this time just come to the main entrance off Creasy Lane. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Got him. But by then they'd figured out who Chris was, and it was yeah. kind of cool then. But at first sure. they just thought we were just some Four random random. guys beating on the door. And then trying to fight in our building. Six, six, <laughs> like, we want to put on yeah, fights. Big. That's all I kept saying. Like, we want to rent this building for a fight. They're like, who the hell is he? You got Matt Mitrione on six six asses. He didn't like, go. He was oh, okay. At, he, that was still at the bar. At the bars when we got gotcha. the brilliant idea to go, and I didn't do then. Like, this oh, ain't happening. You guys have fun, man. <laughs> I, I was just there at the fair, you know. But you guys go check it out. And yeah. So we, me and Lytle and Rex went and. The rest was history. That's how we got it. Love nice. it. Awesome. Well, we appreciate it. Uncle, well, Mark, Uncle Mark Slater. John's going to hit our music, get us out of here. We appreciate your time. Thanks for opening the doors. Everybody come check this amazing, amazing card store out. 
This yeah. is crazy. There. So is much cool stuff. Cool stuff on the wall. We will see you guys next Monday. As always, peace. Peace. peace.